the Holy Gospel. Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. It is the basis for the sermon today. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus said, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So, I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Can you teach me how to pitch? Those were some pretty sweet words to this father's ears. Maybe you've heard a similar sentiment in your own life. Can you teach me how to drive a car? Can you teach me how to bake that cookie? Can you teach me how to to wink? Can you teach me how to play the piano? Whatever it might be that someone sees you doing and wants to know how to do it too. Dad, can you teach me how to pitch? You know, pitching is really a pretty simple thing to do. Just about anyone can fling their arm forward and let go of a ball. But to be a good pitcher and strike somebody out takes a little bit more, doesn't it? You have to learn how to pitch. You have to know the mechanics, like how to grip the ball and how to line up your body and push off with your legs to get the power and the release point to get it in just the right spot. But even just knowing the mechanics isn't the end. Then you have to put it to practice. And you have to really practice if you want to be really good and fire those balls down the middle so no one can hit it like Josh Hader. Can you teach me how to pitch? 
We hear a, a similar request in the gospel today from Luke chapter 11. Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus' disciples had seen him praying on many different occasions, and they recognized how John the Baptist had taught his followers how to pray, and even Pharisees taught the people underneath them how to pray. So Jesus, teach us. And quite honestly, as I look at our own hearts and lives today, I think we have a very similar request. Lord, teach me how to pray. Prayer is really the heart of the Christian life. And yet at the same time, I think that prayer is also the heart of many Christian frustrations and misunderstandings and even heartache. Prayer is pretty simple. But we wrestle with prayer. We wrestle with what to pray for, how often to pray, to find the time to pray. Does God listen to my prayers? Are they effective? We wrestle with these things, and so we need Jesus to teach us just like he did his disciples. Whether we have been praying for our whole lives or whether it's something we're just getting into our our regular routine, we cry out today in the same way, Lord, teach me to pray. But maybe we need to start with this very first point. Why is prayer so important to begin with? Let me have a little catechetical moment with you, a teaching moment. In Martin Luther's catechism, he describes prayer in this way. Prayer is speaking to God from the heart as a natural response of faith and an expression of our trust in the power and love of God. So very simply, prayer is speaking to God with a heart of faith that trusts in his promises. And so God invites and even encourages you and me to come to him in prayer. And and like any good relationship, you need good communication, don't you? Well, the same is true in our relationship with God. Prayer is our part of that role of communication as we come to God and speak to him in faith. So that's prayer. And that's what we find Jesus doing at the beginning of the gospel reading for today as Jesus was off in a certain place praying by himself as he often did, pulling himself away from the busyness of ministry, from the crowds of people all around him and taking time, the Son of God, to pray to his heavenly Father. And the disciples saw that and they wanted to learn how to do that too. So Jesus taught them. Jesus taught them by starting with teaching them the what of prayer. What is it that you ought to pray about? And Jesus used, he gave them a model and a template that I think is going to be pretty familiar to you. It's the Lord's Prayer. This beautiful prayer could be divided up into many different sections of requests and we could nitpick and pull it apart and each of those requests deserves its own Sunday of sermons. But you don't have all day, so I'm going to summarize for you. Jesus starts by telling us and describing for, to, for us who we pray to. It's kind of like when you write a letter and you, you start with the address, who you are writing this letter to, dear so-and-so. Who are we praying to? Jesus says, pray to your heavenly Father. Pray to the almighty creator, Lord God. That is who we are invited to pray to, the Lord God. 
And with this beautiful name of Father, it describes for us not only the gracious relationship that you get to enjoy with God as his dear child through faith in Jesus, but it also depicts the way in which you get to come before God and speak to him like a little child comes up to his parents and asks them anything and everything just so freely and easily because they have that relationship. Jesus says you have that relationship with God. He's your father. Come to him in that way. And then notice what Jesus encourages you to pray about when you come to your Father. He said, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptations. Those are probably pretty familiar, and maybe you were reciting the Lord's Prayer in your head with me. And if you were, maybe you noticed there were a couple of phrases or requests that weren't included here in Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer. Those two more petitions are actually included earlier in the Gospel of Matthew. But regardless, we could take these requests that Jesus encourages you to use in your prayer life and divide them up into two categories. One, that are requests that we pray for spiritual faith life type things, and the other are requests for earthly physical kind of things. Now, if you do a really quick review of the, the different petitions, there's seven of them all together. How many belong in each category? Well, there are six petitions, requests that are spiritual in nature, having to do with your life of faith. And there's only one, give us this day our daily bread, that deals with the physical earthly life we live. Six to one is the ratio. Six spiritual to one earthly. And this is the template that the Lord gives to you for your life of prayer. So how's your life of prayer compare to that template? If you're really honest and and look at it, you might realize that we often have this laundry list of things that we like to pray about. We pray about things like good weather for our event. We pray for health. We pray for um, our needs. We pray for um, a way to pay off our our car this month. We, We pray for food. We pray for our house. We pray for our pet. We pray for a brewer's win. We pray for whatever, right? Kids are great at this, just listing anything and everything that, that they want to pray about. But when we look at this laundry list, what do we often find? We have a six-to-one ratio, don't we? But it's flipped around. Often it's six earthly, physical, what I need in this life things to the one spiritual relationship with God type requests. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not wrong for us to pray about the earthly needs that we have, but Jesus here is challenging you today to refocus your life of prayer. Don't get so wrapped up in the things of this life that are only here for today and are gone tomorrow, but instead focus your heart and life on the thing that really matters and lasts for eternity, and that's your relationship with God, the forgiveness and salvation that is yours in Christ Jesus. Let that be your prayer life. And when you do pray more in line with the spiritual things that you need, you might actually find that God blesses you in this earthly life way more than you realized. 
Like when you pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it helps us to understand the tough things of life that even when the career falls apart or my health isn't good or maybe someone passes away in this life before I wanted them to, we can trust God is still at, at work and in control. His will is done. When I pray, Lord, forgive me, that I may also forgive others in my life, we realize the comfort and joy of knowing God's gracious forgiveness for me and can begin to share that same selfless forgiveness with others in my life and build some truly godly relationships. When I pray, Lord, lead me from temptation, we're asking God to strengthen us against the temptations we face each day and then maybe we won't have as many consequences of sin to have to pray about and deal with each and every day. You see, when we put our relationship with God first, we find comfort and joy and peace in what he truly blesses us with as we build our lives on him. Now, this isn't easy. It takes time and patience and practice But the more that you spend time with the Lord, listening to his end of the conversation through his word, we get to know what the heart of God really is and what his will is and what we can pray for. And we see that we are richly blessed. And once you know what it is that you should be praying for in your life, you can then begin to focus on the how of prayer. In other words, the attitude of prayer. Now, I'm guessing if you're anything like me, it is hard enough to reprioritize your prayer life to the spiritual things you really ought to be praying about. And then we run across the wrestling and the challenges that we face when we start thinking about prayer. Does God really hear? Does he really answer? Is my prayer even all that effective? And oftentimes we are tempted to doubt and to worry And to be afraid that prayer just isn't worth the time. But that's just Satan. Yelling in your ear the lies that are trying to pull you away from your relationship with God. And Jesus today wants you to know the truth. The truth that you can come before God in prayer with bold confidence. To describe that bold confidence, Jesus taught a short parable here today. Where he talked about a guest who came in the middle of the night to his friend's house unexpectedly. And the friend didn't have anything to provide, no food to provide for his his guest who came. And so that guy went to his neighbor's house in the middle of the night, knocked loudly on his door, woke up his neighbor and his whole family, and asked for some food. Pretty bold of him, huh? But I mean, what was he supposed to do? It's the middle of the night. His friend was famished. Pick and save his clothes already. So he did the only thing he could. He went to his neighbor's house. And guess what? His neighbor helped him. His neighbor helped him in that moment, not because they were buddies, but because of his shameless audacity. That it was in the middle of the night and you come knocking on my door, wake up my whole family for this. This must be important. I'm going to help you. And God encourages you today to come and to knock on his door at any time, night or day, with the same kind of bold confidence. Understand that there is nothing too big or too little to bring before God. That there is no 
depth and pit of, of sin and guilt that is too deep or any worries that are too insignificant that God doesn't want to hear from you and won't listen and answer. God invites you and wants you to come knocking on his door all the time with all of your needs. Be bold. Pray big. God will hear. We have an example of that boldness when we look at the account of Abraham from Genesis chapter 18, the reading we heard a little earlier. God, in in really graciousness, allowed Abraham to know his plan that he's going to destroy the wicked and ungodly cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham prays boldly to the Lord that he might change his mind. He asked God to change his mind. You see, Abraham had his dearly loved nephew named Lot and his family who lived in that area, in that region. He wanted his life to be spared. So he prayed boldly to the Lord, Lord, if there are only 50 righteous people there, will you spare those cities? And the Lord said yes. And if that wasn't bold enough, Abraham came again. Lord, for 40, five righteous people. How about 40 and 30 and 20? And, and how about as few as 10 righteous people? Will you spare the city? And the Lord didn't reprimand Abraham. He didn't say, Abraham, know your place and your role. Stop trying to change my mind. In fact, he welcomed these bold requests. In the same way, God invites you to come boldly before him with all your prayers. You see, you have this amazing relationship with God, just like Abraham did, a relationship that comes through faith. Because all of the sin and all the imperfections that ought to keep you away from God have been taken away by the life, death, and resurrection of your Savior, Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, you have a mediator who brings you before the Lord God. And because this sin is taken away and life is yours, you are forgiven, you can come boldly before the God who loves you. And Jesus also encourages you to come with confidence when he says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This is the confidence that you can have when you pray. God hears your prayers every time and answers. He promises. But do understand that God doesn't always answer your prayer the way that you expect or want. Abraham prayed that God would spare the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But if you remember from your Bible history, God actually did destroy Sodom and Gomorrah in some pretty fantastic display of power as as fire and brimstone came raining down from heaven to destroy them. However, God answered Abraham's prayer in a different way. He spared Lot and his family's life from destruction. You see, we have a God who gives good and perfect gifts just like a father gives good gifts to his children. God gives great and perfect gifts to his children in faith. He promises. 
Listen to what God says in 1 Timothy 5. This is the confidence that we have before God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we're reminded in the book of James that every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father. You can pray with boldness and confidence because your way to God is opened up and you have a Lord who promises to hear and to answer for your good. Teach me to pray, Lord. It's almost a prayer in and of itself, isn't it? And it's a prayer that Jesus loves to hear and a prayer that he answers in our midst today as we listen to him speak to us through his word. And in that response, Jesus says, look, here are the things for you to pray about, for you to focus your prayer life on. And here is the the boldness and confidence you can have that God hears and answers. But that's as far as I can take you today. Just like I can only teach my son the mechanics of how to throw a ball, and after that he actually put it to practice to get good, so now it is up to you, with the strength of God, to put prayer into practice in your lives. It won't be easy. You might not throw strikes in your prayer life right off the bat. But with practice, you will grow stronger in your life of faith and prayer. Maybe it means just starting to become more regular in your life of prayer and and praying more often. Or maybe it means learning to, to grow in your faith and trust that God actually hears. Or having the hope that God wants to hear from me all the time. Whatever it is, I pray My prayer for you is that God will continue to bless you and strengthen you in your life of prayer. That you would have eyes to see the wonderful blessings that come when we turn to him in prayer. I'm confident that God will and answers that prayer among us today too. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.